tit for tat is a fair game in life and in politics or is it is it really a fair game so a lot has been happening in west africa and you know growing up let me just contextualize this growing up um because i think of colonialism and we are the generation that were raised by the people that had just seen colonialism firsthand we've always regarded the colonial masters or white people as superior and what they say is bible casting stone it's true and you can never go against them but there's this new crop of african leaders this new crop of african leaders they don't believe in that or at least they do not care if you go against them they're coming at you they do not care who you are they do not care how powerful you are they do not care what it will cost them what is important to them is having their voice, knowing themselves and standing in their truth. And I feel like many African countries have been tippy-toeing around neo-colonialism and the place of the white masters on the continent. But this new crop of leaders, they are not having any of it. Let me put this into context. So... Um, there have been several military coups in the West African region, Mali, um, Burkina Faso, Niger, Guinea, and there have been different reasons for why the military coups have been happening. To be honest with you, sometimes as journalists, when we're looking from the outside in, it's very easy to report, oh, military coup has happened, it's very wrong, it goes against the ethics and human rights. But the people that live in those countries almost seem to be okay with it. And, you know, unless you've walked a mile in the shoes of these people, we can never fully comprehend the pain that they go through to live in these countries. And those of us looking from the outside, we can report and say, oh, look at that country. They're having a military coup. But I'm Kenyan. I can always go back to Kenya. But this is their country. This is their life. You know, they don't have another home. And so I think that Africans, many Africans are beginning to say, if this is it, then this is it. And we're not going to tiptoe around the issue. And so... The military coups have not gotten a lot of pushback from the natives as we had seen before. People are beginning to say, whichever way change will come, we're going to embrace it. And so the military leader of Burkina Faso seized power and he's been gaining a lot of attention, not just on the African continent, but globally. He was a rock star at the Russia-Africa summit, how he spoke about Africa having resources, being a very rich um, continent, but his people are still poor, you know. He spoke about um, people freezing out aid from Burkina Faso and he said, listen, since independence you've been helping us and we're still poor. So, I mean, something is very wrong with this dynamic that we have with you and if you read Dambisa Moyo's book Dead Aid she talks about it aid is like a cuff it's a shackle that holds you and keeps you bounded forever because I mean after the several wars that happened first world war second world war and cold war aid was sent to Europe it was short sharp and targeted to ensure that these people can come out of this situation but aid is always being sent to the African continent yet Africa is still poor so what is the essence and in that thinking then it just shows you that Africans are beginning to revolutionize how they think. So in the military coup happening um, in Burkina Faso, Mali and Niger, Air France suspended its flights to their respective countries and they were not certain when they, they will resume the route. You know, They were very unsure because of political instability in the Sahel region. And so they were like, no, we will not operate these routes again. We will reroute to safer countries, more stable economies like Ghana. 
And when things have stabilized and it looks like the Burkina Faso leader is being accepted by the people regionally and even globally, now it's being reported that France or Air France wants to resume um, operating on that route and the Burkina Faso government is like, no, no, thank you. You suspended your flights. You felt like we were a threat to your security. Okay, bye. No, no, thanks. You're not welcome back here again. Now, this is a double-edged sword. Let's look at the cons. I think it's always very important when um, the global community, we cannot, even in even in as much as we're trying to unshackle ourselves, we are still part of a global ecosystem and it has to be gradual and it has to be just and it has to be fair. And so just going cold turkey and cutting ties can be can be detrimental to some sense you you need to at least have an open air route because of the relationship that niger has had with france for a long time even if you're trying to rechange and remodel that relationship you cannot turn a blind eye to the fact that you have a relationship with them and so i think operating an an, an air air route is very important and keeping it open is very important for travel for business and just giving the perception that your country is safe and open for business. But on the other side, I think I like the fact that they're taking a stand because this happens a lot. Any small thing happens, you'll be hit with sanctions, particularly when you're in Africa. And when the same thing happens in Europe, they send thoughts and prayers and help. I did not see anybody putting sanctions and, and travel restrictions and travel barriers on some of these um, European and Western countries when such things happen. Far worse things happen or far less things happen. But in Africa, when one thing, one thing just goes against what the West did, right? Sanctions. Immediately. No thoughts. I'll give you a practical example. I come from Kenya. Kenya has had to endure terror attacks in the last 10 years. And it's not every day. It happens once in every three years or once in every four years. But immediately, it happens. Travel restrict. Something has happened at the farthest end of the country. There'll be travel. Don't go to Kenya. Kenya is not safe. Bruv. It was one terror attack in the farthest end of the country near the Kenya-Somali border. You're telling people that they cannot go towards the farthest end of the country, which is at the coast. You're hurting tourism and tourism, one tourism job supports seven other jobs. You're hurting a whole economy. Travel restrictions are always just slapped on African countries when any small thing happens, you know. And there was a time also Kenya tried to fight back because, um, during COVID, I think during the newest strain of COVID, where they were like, anybody from Kenya, from Africa, you're not allowed to London Heathrow. And uh, that time, the permanent secretary to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs was also, you know, one of those people who, you hit me with fire, I hit you back with fire. He also said, listen, your people are not welcome in Kenya. If our people cannot access your country, then your people are not welcome. And it might hurt you to some extent, but I feel like, the time is now for Africans and African leaders to begin taking a stand and standing up for yourself. Obviously, it will cost you something. But then again, if it doesn't cost you something, have you really earned it and will you really treasure it? And also, when you send a message to the West and say, I don't care what this will cost me, I'm going to stand my ground, then they'll begin looking at you differently and perceiving you differently because they know you're built different, you're cut from a different cloth. I hope that that stand by... 
Burkina Faso does more good than harm because at the end of the day, you want the country and the economy to keep growing. But I couldn't be more proud of a people who are fighting towards liberating themselves from neocolonialism to say, no matter how painful the process is, we're going to stick with it. So the next time you're in business with us and you want to pull out, you will know that there are consequences and you just can't do as you please. My name is Zendiro Ganga. I'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. And I talk about black people, Africans, our empowerment and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. I love coming on here, chatting with you guys. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of our conversation. Let me know what you think and I'll see you again next time.